I love um, July 4th weekend. I might be the only one, but it's one of my favorite holidays. Some of the other holidays think I'm just going to let y'all in on my life. Uh, Christmas is too cold. So humbug. Now, I love celebrating Christmas and I love getting to buy presents for people and celebrating the birth of Jesus. And then I love Thanksgiving. I love some other stuff. But I like when I don't have to put too many like layers of clothes on and not really be able to go outside. And uh, so I like the pool and I like the lake and I don't really have either one of those, but I like them both and they're nice and all that stuff. So I love it. And the reason I really love it is because I'm grateful today. I'm grateful that I get to stand up here. And even if I offend you today, I love you with the love of the Lord and I don't aim to offend you, but I love that I can wear shorts, somebody, because in the second service the last four weeks, I have sweated like crazy. So I took matters into my own hands and I'm celebrating America today by, with my uh, Star Spangled Banner and the bombs bursting in air. So this is the fireworks on my stance socks and I'm thankful uh, for Ross's and my $3 socks in Jesus name. But uh, but I'm, so that's why I did it, if anybody was wondering. But if you're offended, get ready, because I'm going to offend you again today, everybody. But uh, I'm just thankful, and here's why. There's places in the world today where pastors have to hide. There's places in the world today where people are, are going into basements and making sure that no one can, can hear the sound of their voices, because if they do, they'll be arrested. And I'm not there, and I'm so thankful I'm thankful for America. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care where you come from, what your background is. We all get to be in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We all get to vote. We all get to be freed citizens in the United States. And I know there's things that you read and you think are bad. But let me just tell y'all something. I believe 2016 is way better than generations before us. And it's going to get even better because of you and what we're going to talk about today. I know not all the changes are good. Y'all don't have to think all the changes are good. I'm not mad at you if you love it or hate it. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for America. And this is, this is free. This is a side note. Whenever the Olympics are on, and they're coming soon, I like the Olympics. And whenever the Olympics are on and the American flag starts going up and the national anthem starts and everybody, I get a little misty-eyed. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, my dream was to play ball for Team USA and to stand up on that podium with the gold medal because we win in basketball. We're good at that. And to stand on the podium, win the gold medal, and hear the national anthem play, and I get a little misty-eyed and I get excited. So that's where I am. If y'all don't like it, then you can move. But anyway, that's fresh for you, so I know. But there is one government that I want to celebrate above our government. There's one freedom that I want to talk about today that's more important than that freedom. And it's not necessarily the freedom you're thinking of. And see, I'm not backtracking from what I just said, but here's the deal. I love, and y'all need to pray for Leah because y'all can at least feel sorry for her today, but I love to watch shows and movies of the old, like, time periods. And so, like, this week we watched a movie, and I think it was based in, like, 1032 A.D. That sounds awful to some of y'all, but I love it. I love, I love studying old Rome and Greece and, and the Mongolian period and all of those things. And here's why. I love the kingdoms and to understand what a kingdom really looks like and to understand why it was established and to understand how a kingdom had its power. It was not one man specifically, but it was the one man and all of his people and the territory that he established and what he was known for and what they began to be known by. Listen to this. And the king was only as big as the territory that he took. Did you know that? It's not how, how great and big. Even the kings of the Bible days that were God kings is what they called them. They were only as big as the territory they could take. So if y'all get on a, a map and you just Google whichever one you're interested in, it, it, even up to Napoleon and Hitler, it will show you how much territory they're taking. And then eventually the color changes because theirs might be red and then other places take over. But they're known for that. Now, I want you to know something as I'm starting this. This is the important thing today. This is the important thing for today. You are a kingdom citizen if you are saved, if you are a Christian in this room. And no matter what you came in with, no matter what your job is, no matter where you're from, no matter any of that, God made you to establish his kingdom in all the earth. God did not make you to do your job 
God did not make you to look pretty, but I'm glad some of y'all do. God did not make y'all to be what you think that you should be. And maybe you are walking and you're calling, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, and I'm not downplaying any of that, and I'm thankful for my freedom. But we as Americans have this ideal that I should get to choose everything that I should get to choose, and I'm thankful for that as a citizen of a country, but as a religion that we put ourselves in. God did not come to establish a religion. He came to establish his kingdom in all the earth. And we go through the motions and hope we can get one or two people saved. And we wonder what the problem is. The problem is God did not call you to get one or two people saved, but to spread his glory through all the earth. That was good. And about three of y'all are into it. But this is the deal. And this is why I think it's a problem. And this is where I am comes in. I find my identity and you find your identity in what I do and what I'm going through in my current circumstances, and all of the stuff in my life, in my family, in my stuff, in my kids. And then when things start breaking apart, I begin to identify myself as that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so all of you, where, no matter where you are, all of you have gone through something in the last month, in the last week. All of you have gone through something, even if it's good. All of you have gone through something. And some of y'all have been holding on to the same something for 20 years. And you've been frustrated with that same something. And you've been wondering why you're struggling in that same something over and over and over. And it's because you think you have the answers to God's solutions. And you haven't listened long enough because you try, listen, you try to be an American Christian. So I get to decide, God, where we're going and what we're doing. And listen, as soon as bad comes my way, as soon as something difficult comes my way, I check out. God, this ain't going to work. And brokenness and me falling to pieces is, in my opinion, what keeps most people from walking into their fullest life in Jesus Christ. And some of y'all are uncomfortable with people talking about destiny. But I need you to read the Bible and then talk to Jesus if you're uncomfortable with him, you living your fullest life because he talked about that over and over and he established the kingdom over and over and this is all about him, not you. He does not lead you on a path of righteousness for your name's sake. He leads you on a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And the problem is when I have problems in my life, it becomes all about me and I need you to come help me and I need you to fix me so that I can keep doing my thing. And here's the deal, here's the deal. Just putting all my cards on the table. When it comes to kingdom and our mindset, we all live in the kingdom of ourselves the vast majority of the time, and we want God to come be a part of that. Y'all, God did not send Jesus to die on a cross to then raise from the dead and give you new life so that you could establish your kingdom. God came to do that to establish an army that I'm looking at right here. And I'm so tired of the word potential. I use it all the time and I will continue to use it because that's what we are. But I don't want you to be potentially followers of Christ and doing what you're going to do. I want us to reach our calling in our lifetime, but most of us stay put and never even take the first step. And this is the reason why. We have two choices in our lives, peace or peace. And I identify myself with either peace or peace. I either have fallen to pieces, have had life's difficulties come, which by the way, Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this life, you will face trials and tribulations of many kind, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He promised you that you'll face those things, but as soon as that comes, I then am defined by, and my identity becomes the pieces that I am, or his peace. He, this is literally one of the things that he is Jehovah Shalom, the prince of peace. That is who our God is that we serve. And yet, any time a difficulty comes, we go, we go, we try to do, we, we, we get stressed, we run, we go through all the motions, and then we thank God, come help. Instead of the very first thing we do, God, I don't get this. You don't have to get it for it to be true. God, I don't get this, and I don't know where you're going, and I don't know why you would want to do all these things in my life, and I don't know why you would call me to this. And I'm frustrated, and I'm ready to give up. And I feel like if God could speak to us audibly like I'm talking to you in this microphone today because he talks to us all the time and we just don't listen. But I feel like if he could talk to us audibly, this is what he would say. This is part of the plan. 
Just keep walking. This week, uh, Leah and I, specifically me, and then I brought Leah in on it so I didn't have to carry the burden by myself. But I feel like on Tuesday, specifically, God called me to do something that was just, it made no sense, y'all. And so I was in a bad mood because I was wrestling with God. And so all my boys that saw me during the week and second time y'all can pray for Leah, uh, my wife as well, I, we just, I was just in a bad mood because I didn't want to tell anybody. And I was, this is the problem. God has called me to do something financially that's the largest thing he's ever called me to do. It is not for our church. It is for another church. I'm not going to tell you the specific amount or the details. But all week long, I want you to get this. I want you to really listen. I've tried to make sense and then tell God how it's going to be. And so I've been to pieces when God's calling me to his peace. And the problem is I'm telling God about my kingdom and what I want to establish. And I forgot that this is all about him in the first place. That what is mine came from him and what he wants to go out is an honor who am I and who are my people is what King David said in 1 Samuel 24, 24, that I should be able to do this because this all comes from you, it all comes by you, and it all goes through you. So thank you, Lord, and I can't wait to see what you're going to do through it. But listen, that was not my attitude for about three days, and I'm thankful that God worked through my stubbornness and gave me some peace with it. But the truth is, it's a wrestling match every single day to decide, am I going to do my thing and listen to do it my way and maybe try to get God to come in on my equation every once in a while and do my thing? Or am I going to do his thing even when death, even when cancer, even when your job loss, even when all those things come, knowing that God is continuing you on that path? And I need you to really have that thought in your mind of peace or peace. As we start today, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 10. And we're going to cover two I am's today. Two I am's today. Peace or peace. This is Jesus teaching and showing us what it's like to be in his kingdom, to be a saved man or woman, to be a child of God, or to do it your way and to miss the point. He says, truly, truly, anytime you see that, everybody, he really wants you to know. It means... For real. Three of y'all got it. That was a joke. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, everybody say door. door, by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. He who, he who tries to do it his own way and cut a corner, or listen, listen carefully, or be good enough, I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people where they said, at the end of my life, I believe if my good outweighs my bad, then that will be enough. Survey says, everybody, that's not the answer. He's the door. He's the only way in to the sheepfold. That's us. That's followers of Jesus. And everybody that tries to do it their own way or another way is a, is a, is, is a sheep liar, everybody. It's someone that is, is swaying you to the wrong way. And here's what I believe it is, and this is where you may be offended today. I believe this whole passage, and I'm going to get to the specific part that I'm talking about in verse 10 in a minute. But I believe this is not just talking about Satan because we've always said the devil, the devil, the devil. But I believe this is the spirit of religion itself. Because religion tells me you got to do these certain things. There's no way you can wear shorts and preach. I was sitting here thinking about something while we were worshiping just now, y'all. I was thinking about the songs that we pick. I was thinking about the way that we worship. I was thinking, and it's not bad. But I was just going through this in, in my head, and I've had this thought before. We don't do VBS at, at, at Four Points, but we do a kids' camp that's very similar to VBS right before school starts back, not a shame. And, and I wonder now if the reason we didn't do VBS is because they do it. I'm not proud of this, but I need y'all in on on the truth. Is it because all of them do it and we don't want to be like them or is it because that's what God called us to do? Because we so want everybody else to think that we're right and to think that we're good and to think that we're doing the things that we'll do things that look good but it's actually going through the wrong door. And we want to make sure that we don't do it their way because their way ain't working so we're going to do it our way. But what about his way? 
That's the question I was asking myself. That's really not as much for you as it is me. But maybe you can see that in your own life. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens the sheep. Everybody say, hears his voice. The sheep hear his voice. And the Bible calls us sheep. It says, we like sheep have all gone astray. We've strayed off the path at times. But sheep can absolutely from miles away hear the whistle or the sound of the voice of their shepherd. And it says, my sheep hear my voice. And calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For they, y'all say it? For they know his voice. I need y'all to do some participation with me right now. And please tell the truth because I'm not going to be mad at you. But we're, we're going to close our eyes. Please don't go to sleep, everybody. Stay awake. I know that might be hard, but just close your eyes for one second. I'm going to ask y'all to participate with me in something. How many of y'all this week, with your eyes closed, read your Bible every single day this week? Throw your hand up. Seven out of seven days, you read your Bible. Thank you. You can put your hand down. How many of y'all, keep your head bowed and eyes closed. How many of y'all prayed, not, thank you for this food, Lord. Not, now I lay me down to sleep. But I'm talking about every day you spent time in prayer, every single day in the last seven days. Throw your hand up. Let me see it. Awesome, that's good. Put your hands down. So about half of us, y'all look this way, about half of us prayed and three people read their Bible every day. Y'all look around. This ain't, a, this ain't a you problem, this is an us problem. That's not a time to clap. This is an us problem. And this is why. It's true that we hear the voice, right? It's true that we, the sheep, hear his voice, and we know him and he knows us. So why don't we want to hear the voice of God? Let me ask that question again because I'm just getting looks. Maybe I'll, I'll talk to this side, George. I'll talk to y'all. Why don't we want to hear from God? Crickets, cricket, cricket, right? Nothing. We don't have any answer for that. And y'all are like, why are you calling me out? Here's why. Because we get so frustrated and caught up and we don't know where to go, then we're broken to pieces and we're like, ah, I don't know what to do. The Bible is the written Logos word of God. It's his, it's his mouth to our ears. And when we read it and we receive it, not to do a religious habit so I get it checked off for the day, but so I get a written word from God to me, then I am hearing from him. And when I understand the context historically and then I speak it, Rima is the spoken word of God. And I can speak it over my life when I hide it in my heart. But if I don't know his voice, how do I expect to know where to go? So, let me give you an example. Uh, how many of y'all remember, I'm going to get my sweat going in a minute, but I brought my towel up today, y'all, so it ain't going to be as bad, praise the Lord. How many of y'all remember the first time you used a GPS? Show, throw your hand. Some of y'all have never used a GPS, I can tell. How many of y'all remember it first time? I'm going to get this towel because it's going to get going. Ooh. <laughs> I could play for myself and it'd get real crazy. First time I ever used GPS, I was in Savannah, and we were going to scout in basketball when I was still coaching. Um, coached eight years with one of my best friends in the world who's now at Seneca High School. And so we're going through Savannah. If y'all have ever been through Savannah, you can get lost. Huh? I mean, I don't know Savannah. I'm not from there. But... So if you don't know it, it's got all those weird square things, and we're supposed to go to the other side, and for some reason we decided to go through it. We could have gone around it, but we didn't know, and we weren't using the GPS. I think this was the iPhone 1. This is, we didn't have a Tom, Tom and Garmin because that cost a lot of money, and so we were just like, ah, we'll find it, right, because that's what men do. Every woman finally said something to me in Jesus' name. But So I remember going through it. I promise this is the truth. I think the Lord did it. I'm going to give him credit, but I swiped through my phone. I was about to call somebody to see about directions. And the app popped up of maps. I, I give you all my word, this is true. And I was like, Kevin, there's a blue dot. And it knows where we are. <laughs> How does it know where I am? Are they watching us? I promise this is the truth. Are they watching us? And we navigated our way. This is years ago, everybody. So don't think it was yesterday. It was, it was last week. But like, like, that's crazy. And so we navigated our way to Bible Baptist School on the other side of Savannah. And it was amazing. We were so excited. We were like, we would have never found this place. And on the way home, 
We punched in our address. Very first time I'd ever done it. Because Rand McNally was our friend before that. Amen. Huh? All the old people. It's a map. But like, <laughs> they don't know, y'all. But I remember getting, now keep this in mind. I remember getting back in the car and we had punched the address in and we were fascinated because this is free. I'm just going to say it because it needs to be said. You know, the voice of the Google or Apple or whatever is always a lady until you change it. Do y'all know that? For real. Like, because y'all give us directions and we don't want directions and that's the problem in the world, right? It's, it's an us problem. It's not one side or the other. Stop for directions. I don't need directions. I'm going to find it. and That's free. But I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, she's telling me where to turn. Turn in one mile, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, that's amazing. It's made me terrible with directions now because I'm going to use, I'm going to pop in the charger and I'm just going to put it in the little holder thing. It's like, I don't need to know. Google knows. <laughs> and she tells me right where to go. And it's awesome. But do you know what I noticed? When I'm walking on the path that I'm supposed to get on, just because it says to turn right in one mile doesn't mean I turn right in one mile, does it? I got to turn. I still have to follow her voice. And sometimes, you're not supposed to look at the phone, everybody. So if you text and drive, you're going to get pulled over. And some of y'all should have said amen because you know what I'm talking about. But like, like so, so I don't even look at it sometimes. I'm just listening. And I'll put in one side of my earbud so I can make sure that I hear her tell me where to go when it's a lot of directions. Because I need to know when she wants me to turn on what the name of the road is. And some of y'all hadn't opened the Bible in a week and a half. Some of y'all hadn't opened the Bible in a month. Some of y'all haven't prayed consistently other than God helped me pick up my pieces. And not, God, these are your pieces, and I'm going to walk in faithfulness with you. And I might have made a mess, but you want to clean it up. And you want me to live in my fullest life and walk in you so that, not for my purpose, but for your glory. And so, I'm just going to walk, but I'm going to listen. And when you say turn, I'm going to turn. And when you say go, I'm going to go. If we live that way and listen to our shepherd, it'd change everything. Skip down to verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. That's me. Listen to me of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. It says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Find pasture. It's the picture in Psalm 23 of, of the table that he sets before me in the presence of my enemy. It's, it's the picture in Psalm 23 that, that a sheep will never lie down until their bellies are full and he fills you with his bread and his living water. It's those pictures that he's referring to right here that, listen, I know that you're empty and I know that you're broken and I know that you're hurting, but I've got it. And if we would just stop trying to fix all the pieces in our lives, then we could be healed. And he says, listen, the problem is, we have this religious mindset of what to do in the following rules, and Christians should do the following things. All of us have said that at times. But we put extra stuff that he never said, and Paul never said, and James never said, that wrote the New Testament, and Peter never said. We add stuff because we think that it fits our religious mindset. Well, I don't do this, and so you shouldn't either. And the result is we put this we put this. this covering over people that's terrible. It's, it's, like a, it's like a force field. The last thing we think about is love and honor. And the first thing we think about is boycott. And we think, I can't sit across the room from you because you're a Democrat. You're horrible. How could you possibly? And we start sentences that way. And listen, we would say it's not our, it's not our fault. And I know what some of you came in here with in that brokenness. But here's what I'm telling you. No one is the same in here. That's the point of the thumbprint. But everybody came in here broken and in pieces or whole and in Christ. And when we try to pick the pieces up, we make a mess. Have you ever tried to put a 10,000-piece puzzle together? Let me see. Show me a 10,000 piece, not a 1,000, 10,000 piece. Did you finish? Did you finish? Who finished a 10,000-piece puzzle? Where's Patty? I think she's finished one. 
thousand people. I know people that have done that. And I just want to look at them and say, what? What's wrong with you? A thousand piece puzzle makes me want to cry and do other things that we won't talk about in church. Like, cause, but like, I, I just get so frustrated. What? Was that out loud? I thought it was in my mind. Lord, forgive me. But this is why, this is why. 10,000 pieces, I, I tried one one time, and I just started laughing about 100 pieces in. I was trying to get the corners, you know, because that's what you do. I couldn't even get the corners right. And I thought about the inside. I was like, that's a big old cloud. I'm not going to get the cloud. It's a whole white and then a little bit of blue, and I don't know. And so this is what I do with a puzzle that's big. Now, I'm good at Hastings puzzles, everybody. The eight piece, I give you all the glory, Lord, but I can do those. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you start getting those 1,000, 10,000, 5,000 piece puzzles, and the pieces all start looking the same. And so this is what I do. Maybe y'all don't, but I need all the men in the room because I know y'all are stubborn with me. This is what we, what do we do? That piece looks like it fits, right? And so I just fit, mm. right? And I've, I've literally, I promise, Lee and I are putting a puzzle together, and I think it was only 1,000 piece, but we'll say 10,000 because it makes me feel better. And, and I was putting it together, and I got a hand around. I promise. And it's going to fit, Lee. Stop. Mark, you're going to mess it up. It's gonna, I'm going to make it fit. This is us. This is our lives. We, we are broken people. Until Christ heals us, we are broken people. And we try to jam it together. And listen, this is what happens. I don't want you to miss this. Satan wants to steal and kill and destroy. The spirit of religion is trying to steal and kill and destroy your purpose in life, which is to make much of Jesus Christ. And so when you get brokenness and you try to put it together again, you stop the car. Now listen, I want you to get this. I'm going to show you a video in just a second, but I want you, I want you to get this picture of the GPS. Y'all ever been on a long trip in the GPS and she's talking to you? And all of a sudden it says, go 450 miles. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's a long way, right? Used to, every year we would go up to uh, my family's house in Ohio and it's, um, it's like 530 miles from my house to their house, but it's almost all I-77. So when you get to Charlotte, up to Cleveland, all 77. And the GPS will say, good luck, <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you know what I noticed about the GPS is when you get on a road that's really long, she'll talk to you right at the beginning of the, of the voyage, <laughs> and then she don't keep talking to you. There's silence. It'll say it on the screen. You're 230 miles until your destiny, destination. You're 175 miles to your destination. And then at the bottom, it gives an estimated time of arrival. You know what I'm talking about? And it'll say 515, we're going to arrive. Here's what I've noticed. I've, that's right. You've got to try to beat it. I've pulled over before. <laughs> Y'all, don't lie. You've tried to do that. I've pulled over before, and I'm not talking about get off an exit. I've pulled off, so I'm on the same road, and I'm just off on the side of the road. Every man in here, don't lie. Y'all have gone to the woods before. <laughs> or you got to, I'm going to turn this car around, right? Y'all have said this to your kids before and you got to get out and you got to have prayer with your kids. <laughs> None of y'all have kids then or y'all are lying because y'all have done it. But we stop and, and maybe, maybe we got to change the tire. Y'all have done this, right? You got you to get off on the side of the road. You're still on the same road. Listen, still on the same road. She's not talking to me. But my estimated time of arrival goes, if I've got to change a tire and then I've got to call AAA and I've got all these problems coming on and it takes two hours, my ETA goes from, from 5.15 to 7.15. Listen, she's never said a word. It just keeps going up. It just keeps going up. It just keeps going up. And I'm like, why isn't she talking? It's because you're on the right path. You just let problems come in your life. You put it in park and you didn't keep going. Well, that's the way we live our lives. And then we say this, why aren't you talking to me, God? Maybe you just need to keep walking. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe if we would walk and not try to figure it all out. Guys, guys, he did not call us to know all the answers. He is God. And we're so, the smartest person in the room, I don't know who you are. But the smartest person in here, you are so limited in your understanding of him. 
and his fullness and his greatness and he's calling us to something that can make much of him and if we would ever get that picture we would stop trying to jam those pieces together and I just want you to see a video because I like Monsters Inc and if y'all don't like it I love you in the love of the Lord but y'all might remember this movie and toward the end of the movie when they thought it was real bad to go in and and, and see the children and they couldn't ever see you and all this or they could see you but they couldn't touch you and all this stuff and they realized it was all a farce I feel like symbolically and don't go home and say the pastor preached on Monsters Inc. today but I feel like symbolically that's a lot of what we do right in religion is we think all of these other things God clearly tells us Acts chapter 15 Paul gives us here Gentiles don't be sexually immoral don't eat this certain thing don't do this certain thing but it's not the same old things that we've always done and then listen I feel like we try to put all the pieces together to make ourselves feel better and we in and, and our brokenness we got these jammed up pieces together but this is what God wants to do in your life look at this Ta-da! Mike is that sorry it took so long pal it was a lot of wood to go through you know it only works if you have every piece I love that short 20 seconds because it's, it's every picture of today. It's the broken pieces and the door got put back together, got shredded. My life's a mess. The pieces get put back together, but you can't hold on to the one piece. And then when God puts you together, you can walk through. And that's joy. That's, that's literally the synonym of abundance. It's not money necessarily. It's not things necessarily. It's joy in the Lord, which comes from his peace his shalom and you have in your mindset probably made up what joy is what peace is but it's truly just him and you take all of it away Lord and I'll have your peace because I have you and if you've tried to put together the broken pieces of your life today it's frustrating and maddening because you're like God I'm doing listen I'm doing all the right things yeah but forget all that let me ask you this what about Jesus what are you doing with him? This is what Jesus continued saying in John 14. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand, who might look the part, sound the part, act the part like religion does. Who, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, not Jesus, does not own the sheep. See, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price, everybody, and that price was the blood of Jesus that covered me. When, when they see wolves and, and sheep, and, or when they see wolves coming, they leave, and the sheep scatter and flee. The wolf snatches them up, and we go everywhere, and we wonder why the wolves in our life and the difficulty in our lives comes and we just scatter about but it's because we've tried to play church religion check boxes do enough so I can get a piece of God and I can add him to my life listen God did not call you to add God to your equation he called you to be added to his equation he is the fullness he is overall and through all and in all. And many of us have said a prayer, and I'm not making fun of that or downplaying that, but it's not about saying a prayer. It's about giving him your whole heart and your whole life. And listen, and coming to him with your mess, not trying to clean your mess up to come to him. And knowing that he is the good shepherd that laid down his life for his sheep, for his children. He loves you and he's called you to be one of his. But you will always be frustrated and never really be a kingdom citizen if it's about you. And then this is what he says. Religion and, and all the ones that have gone before him, he was talking specifically about the Pharisees in this moment. He is a hired hand. 
Listen, if I stand up here and I say certain things to you so that you like me or so that you'll stay or so that you'll do, I am a hired hand. That word literally means prostitute. And if you're offended, I apologize. I'm not trying to offend you, but that's what that word means. And cares nothing for you. I only want you to like me and plug you in like a battery so that you can do what I need you to do so that we can do what I hope people will know about us. That is not the point. The point is, listen, and I believe that part of my purpose is so that you can reach what God has called you to do, not so that you can serve me. I will be the pastor of this church as long as God calls me that, but my purpose in you is not so that you serve me, but so that I can equip as best I can, and then the leaders as best they can, and then some of you as best you can, equip each other to do the works of God that he's called us to do. But if not, I'm going to try to get you to do what I can try to get you to do so everybody can look at me. Jesus is the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me is what Jesus was saying here. And I've got to ask you, do you know it? Is he your good shepherd? Or do you know this figment of your imagination that we call Jesus here in God blessed America that everybody would raise their hand and say they're a Christian, but almost nobody's preaching the gospel of the kingdom like Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14 and in Mark 5, 3 and about... 73 times in his gospels no one really wants all of their life to be about him take it all away from me lord and i'm still with you in good and in bad in sickness and in health like what i did with my wife in marriage when i stood before her she was my bride and i was her bridegroom jesus the bridegroom looks down at his bride and says will you just accept my love that i loved you first or will you continue to try to earn my love i never called you to earn love I just called you to receive it and love me back that's Jesus and that's his kingdom and that's what he wants to establish and we keep trying to pick the pieces up and he never called you to pick pieces up he called you to walk with him and receive his peace he'll clean all the pieces up and this is what I really believe about most of us is we receive the first piece pastor I got saved when I was 10 and I said this prayer but I've never walked with God and as a result, I never truly experienced his peace. There is a story in Leviticus. This week, I did a little thing at a business, and a lady said, I was trying to encourage people to read the Bible, and the lady said, what about Leviticus? And I said, this might frustrate you, but I love Leviticus. There's parts of it that's like, I'm going to get through this because it's law, 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 law. But there's so much truth in the tabernacle. There's so much truth in in understanding what Jesus was going to do because of the sacrifices. There's so much truth in, in all the feasts that points us to Jesus. I love it. So cool to study it. And this is one of the pictures. So Moses had been given the instruction, and Aaron, his brother, the high priest, had been given the instruction of how to enter the tabernacle, which was the temple set up before it had a permanent place. It was, the, it was like a tent. But that's where God's spirit would dwell and so they had to go through these certain things and do it, listen, do it his way, follow his GPS, his instruction. And so he gives them the instruction and then in the next chapter, in chapter 10, here's what it says. And the, the two sons of Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, were going in and, and they weren't the high priest, but they were going to be. One of them was going to be. And so you had to enter, and I'm going to show you in a second how you enter in the temple and do it his way and there's a door and you got to follow him and it says that they each took his censer and put fire and so the first thing you do is have a sacrifice and put fire in it and laid incense and offered everybody say strange fire it says they offered a strange fire before the Lord which he had not commanded them to do and look it says that the fire came down from heaven and when we offered God a, a fire back in those days if we would have lived before Jesus you offer him that, and when he loved the aroma of your offering, he would bring it down, and it would burn it up, and it was, it was beautiful before him. Did you know that Psalm 37 says that your prayer before God is, an, is a fragrant aroma? That's how I burn incense and give fragrance before the Lord today. And if I'm praying to God only for me and never for we and never about he, 
then I have strange fire. If I look for doors other than the way that he does, I have strange fire. If I try to do it my own way or try to be good enough, it's a strange fire. If, if, if I try to go through the motions and put the pieces together in my life, strange fire. And it says that the fire came out before the Lord and consumed them, not the sacrifice, and they died before the Lord. Now, I don't think today that you're gonna go home and you're gonna be cutting your grass and strange fire is gonna come down from heaven and burn you up. I need you to know that things are different today. But this is what I do want you to know. There is a way in and a way out. And it's Jesus. And every other way that you try to do and you try to go and you try to be is not his name and not his purpose. And if your life is, if the purpose of your life you believe is anything but reaching his fullest life in Christ Jesus and him leading you on a path of righteousness for his name's sake, then most likely you're building strange fires before the Lord and you're saying, God, I'm doing this for you, but you're doing this for you and you're putting a Jesus sticker on it if it's not fully and truly about him. Here's the picture of the tabernacle. I wanted y'all to see it because this was the door. I mean, literally, this is a big fancy Hebrew word and it's called door, everybody. And it's the way that you entered in. And outside of that, I think this is cool. There was a little tiny, and, and there still is today, by the way, if you go to the temple in Jerusalem, even though it's not fully together, you, you still wash your hands before you go pray at what we call the wailing wall or the Western wall. And it was because having clean hands and clean feet before Jesus, the gospel of peace, it's the shoes that we take to the whole world. But we have junk all over our shoes and we think we know the direction that we're supposed to go, everybody. But if my feet were clean before God, I can enter his way and do it his way and listen to his direction. And then the very first thing you did was have an altar sacrifice that was an animal that was to forgive your sin. Listen. Without the shedding of blood, Hebrews 9, 27, there can be no forgiveness. Did you know that when you get off on an exit or you turn the wrong way, your GPS says, make a U-turn right here? Did y'all know that? And right now, some of y'all need to make a U-turn right now. The word repent literally means to turn and walk the other way. And some of y'all need to have a U-turn in your life and say, I'm going to let Jesus, who broke the altar who was the spotless lamb to took, who took away the sin of the world to those who receive him, who believe in his name. He gives them the right to be called children of God. And then there was the labor before we entered the holy place. I had to go through a washing that it really does look a lot like this. It's into the ground. You can see them all over. It's so cool to see them. And they would, they would get in a white robe and they would go into this labor. They would be baptized, so to speak, and then they would come out. Listen, this water is not magic. I need y'all to hear this. There's nothing magical about us doing baptism here. But it is your first step. Peter in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 says, Everybody listen, repent, and then get baptized. And many of us say, I'll do it someday, Pastor, but I'm afraid. Today's not the day. My mama's not here. Today's not the day. I'm not ready yet. Today's not the day. Here's what you're saying. I know another way. I want to live my fullest life and be filled with the Holy Spirit, but today's not the day. Tomorrow may never come, everybody. And you may just have it in park and think that you can do it your way, but if you try to walk through another door and do it your own way and you skip a step in the GPS, what God has programmed in your life, I promise you you'll end up in a place that you never meant to end up because you hadn't followed the directions. And then even when I've gone through this, there's another door that I walked through in 1 Corinthians 6 where it says you are bought with a price it says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God specifically talking about sexual sin in that moment but in this context I want you to understand that it, something special took place in here and it says it right here it's incense and in the Bible oil is always a picture of the Holy Spirit and this is the moment that the Holy Spirit falls on us and fills us in our lives every single day and I feel like many of us have said God, I got all of God the day that I got saved. That's true, but he didn't get all of you. Not until you say, Holy Spirit, fill me every single day. And one time, say, Holy Spirit, I need all of you in this moment right now. And, and this is our frustration. We want to experience God's fullness, and so we pray, God, I need your help right now because I'm broken and I have pieces, but, but we still want to establish where we're going and what we're doing. And Solomon talked about that in Proverbs chapter 16. Look at it right here. He says, listen, I've got an idea what I want to do, and you've got an idea what you want to do. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have goals. I believe everybody that's a leader or, or everybody in general should set goals of where we're going to go. 
But those goals have to line up with his spirit in our lives. And it says, the heart of a man establishes his way, but the Lord, everybody, establishes my steps. Just because I know where I want to go does not mean that's where God wants me to go. And if I'm not willing to listen and then turn, then I'm not willing to follow the directions that he's given me for my life. And I'm leading me on a path of something for my name's sake. He's not leading me on a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And here's the truth. Strange fire. Strange fire. I can stand on a stage and preach to you and be building an altar of strange fire if I'm doing it for my own glory and if it's not for the king of kings. And many of you walked in here full of brokenness and you want to fix it. But I want you to know that our God loves you so much that he wants, listen, you to be broken so that he can heal all of your brokenness. Here's what Psalm 147 says. He heals the broken pieces of your life. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And then listen, this is big. This is how big our God is, the next verse. God determined and determines the number of stars. So when one falls, when one burns out, when one goes away or another one is added, and I don't know how it all works, but I know there's billions of those dudes. He determined how many there are. And he gives all of them their names. <laughs> if that doesn't freak you out a little bit, if you just stop and think that God not only knows how many stars there are, he placed them there and he calls all of them a name. <laughs> I can't get to 10 without getting confused, everybody, when I go to names. And God knows all their names. He named them and he knows exactly where they are because he placed them there. And listen, before you were born, when you were in your mother's womb, he knew your innermost parts. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And he loves you so much that he sent Jesus to pay a price that you couldn't pay so that you, live, you could live a life you couldn't possibly live otherwise. But many of us still fall under the tyranny of trying to be good enough. And evil overwhelms our hearts. And we find ourselves reacting to people thinking, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Where did I end up there? And it's because I allow pride and arrogance and bitterness to rule in my life. And then unforgiveness and then hurt and then sorrow. Guys, I know some of y'all have been through some of the hardest things that someone could possibly imagine. But the truth of the matter is, God has a purpose that you may not be privileged to know. But he wants to do something so amazing through you that you won't believe it if I could even tell you. Some of y'all need to do this today and put it back in drive. Some of y'all need to do a U-turn today and go down his path. And some of y'all need to get in the car for the very first time and trust Jesus as your Savior. But I want you to do one thing for me right now. I want you to just simply say this, God, what are you saying to me in this moment? What are you saying to me in this moment? Here's what salvation is. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But I need you to know what that means. It doesn't mean, Jesus, you're saved. It means, Jesus, you're my Lord. You Lord over me. You Lord in me. And you Lord through me. You are the king and I am one of your people. And I am no longer my own, but I was bought by you and I need you to save me from all my stuff and heal me and cleanse me and I will walk with you no matter where you go or so. I don't have to know, God. You know, and I'm following you. I feel like what people think salvation is, is God, I believe that you're there and I believe you might have done what you said you did and so I'm saved. But I'm here to tell you, I believe salvation is calling him who he really is in my own life. I'm not the God of Mark Pango's universe. He's the God of my universe, and I will follow wherever he says go. My purpose for you today is that you'll walk out with his peace, and you'll be free indeed. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Pastor Mark, you were talking to me, and the truth is I've never called him Lord. I've never trusted him. I've never believed in my heart that God raised him from the dead after he took on sin and death on the cross and I need to turn and go the other way based on his salvation in my life. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If Jesus is pulling on your heart right now and you ask him, God, what should I do? And he's saying, make me Lord right now. I just want you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. I saw a hand. Who else?
Who else? Say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. The Lord of my life. Listen, I think every person in the room is then declaring, I think I see one person right here. I'm going to give you just a second. The young man, y'all keep your heads bowed for one second. The young man that just um, threw his hand up, I, I want you to know that salvation is yours if you trust him. So if you'll fill that small card out that we just gave you, and take it back to the next steps desk at the, um, in the lobby. We want to help you by giving you a gift and start walking in your new life. This is for everybody else right now. I feel like the vast majority of you probably are Christians. You know Jesus. But the truth of the matter is you're in pieces and you've tried to do it on your own. I don't care if everybody raises their hand or if no one does. This is between you and God and your honesty or your pride will keep you right where you are or will help you move. This is not about a number. I'm not going to tweet out how many people raise their hand right now. But if you know that you're in pieces and you haven't understood, be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication, present your request to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and might, mind. That's not your testimony and you want it to be right now. This isn't salvation. This is simply, I'm ready to put the car back in drive. I need Jesus to heal the broken pieces of my life. If that's you, just slip your hand up right where you are, and I'm going to pray. God, you see hand, hands up all over the room, and I just pray that right where we are, you'll help us and you'll heal us. Because, God, you know how desperately we need you. And so, God, I'm excited because we're about to celebrate baptism. We're about to celebrate people obeying you and getting baptized right this minute and so God I'm just thankful today I'm thankful that I don't have to understand to keep going and that you've called all of us every person in this room has such a great calling on their life but it will stay a possibility until we follow you and I just pray that you'll give us the determination and the will to just listen to your voice because seeing is not believing hearing you is believing and we love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're getting baptized, y'all move right now to the back and let's stand and celebrate Jesus together, everybody.